Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. See, si, senor! And we're in a dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound, and today, brand new week, getting off of close to Christmas, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. You know, I was going to go with Elon Musk, who is uh, certainly the most discussed person in America right now, taking the mantle temporarily, at least, from the orange fellow in Florida, uh, but I'm going to go with Brian Moynihan who's the CEO of Bank of America. We have some clips of him talking about the economy and the Fed and that sort of thing, which really makes it clear that Big Bank runs everything. Big Bank? Big Banker. Yeah, yeah, the, the money man. Okay. I mean, the, the politicians pretend they run the world. The Big Bankers do. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to the Bad. show. Bad. Ready for a big finish? Here we go. Wasp-ba-da-da-da. To actually look at the calendar. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I got. I'm. Sorry. I hate to pause the show, but uh, Kanye West is texting me. No, Kanye by big bankers. I don't mean the Jews. <laughs> Send. Well, if it was the Jews, I would go Deathcon three, <laughs> which is whatever that is. Such a weird thing to say. What is Deathcon? Why did you choose right in the middle 
in terms of how extreme it was. <laughs> well, he's got the scale backwards. It's not death con. It's death. Never mind. Well, it's, I don't remember if one's the worst or four's the worst, but why do you not pick the worst? I mean, why do you pick in the middle somewhere? That's just a weird thing to do. <laughs> it failed on every level. <laughs> anyway, looking at the date. So today's the 5th. I guess the math is fairly easy on how long we've got till Christmas, which is based on my memory, the 25th. So I would say we have roughly 20 days, three weeks, shy a day. So, yeah. And I was just realizing as I was driving into work, I haven't really got stuff ready to go for the kids yet. So better jump on my horse on that and uh, get out to the mall or however people shop in the modern world. Yeah, yeah. I will let you speak to those things. I am now essentially retired from Christmas. Retired from Christmas? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, you know, the big kids, are they got their own lives, and we're not going to be able to get together this Christmas. We'll probably get together early next year, but uh, uh, little D's going to come for a visit, our youngest. Uh, I, you know, we, we generally wire something to them or send something. Judy and I get what we want when we want it. Uh, you wire so- something to them. Yeah, like money or what okay. have you. Go go use this. We will, uh, you know, reflect upon the birth of Jesus uh, Christ of Nazareth, certainly. But in terms of the festivities, uh, it's a day off. It'll be fun. There it's fun. Um, uh, electronics. Uh, kids both want uh, newer, better electronics. That's a hot thing for them at this point oh, in yeah. their lives. Yeah. Really want a PS5, whatever that is. Do you know what that is, Michael? That's PlayStation 5. Right. Do you have one? I, I do, as a matter of you fact. You do have a PlayStation yeah. 5. I didn't know you played the video games. Yeah, occasionally, mm-hmm. occasionally, but not much. Which so one I, of those cost a guy? Uh, they're about four ninety nine. Ooh, so yeah, it's an expensive item. Is that yeah. what you play the uh, the like Call of Duty on? Or no, uh, I, I play games that in. I only play like a Madden, like one game, you know. And I'll sit down with somebody and I'll play it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it and I turn it off. You play Madden on it. Yeah, I don't want to be one of those people that spends hours. What's playing the one it. where you uh, shoot cops and have sex with hookers? Oh, What's that oh game? that's Grand Theft Auto. Grand I don't, Theft Auto. We don't allow that in the house. Well, yeah. I don't want that in my house either. So I'd like. So I've been staying away from a platform where you'd play that sort of thing. But all his friends play it. All my oldest son's friends play it all of them i was just gonna ask if that was still a thing yeah oh, oh absolutely yeah, okay. they, they come up with a new one all the time so uh you know latest greatest coolest one just like they do in the madden football they update it right. on a regular basis yeah i shouldn't admit this but i think it was when my son was in college or darn near in college he uh actually was playing that and uh and i was watching it and it, it was mostly just so absurd it was funny but he was substantially older than your kids at this point. Yeah. I mean, he, he has shown zero proclivity from for picking up nor hitting with cars hookers. Uh, <laughs> his grand thieved no autos that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so why would Elon Musk be our general manager today? Well, I don't know if you followed this story or not. If you um, are living your life properly, you probably did not follow this story over the weekend. But he more or less hired out one of the great journalists of our time who we've been big fans of, Matt Taibbi, who was with Rolling Stone forever and is now a Substack guy, so he has less oversight and gets to do whatever he wants. He's a lefty, he's a liberal, but he put out all the internal Twitter stuff about the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, and that caused some of the media to go crazy and attack my Matt Taibbi as a white nationalist doing ah. the work of... The Republican National Committee, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, yeah. Which is pretty hilarious if you've ever followed Matt Taibbi's career. I mean, he's like a Bernie Sanders sort of Democrat. But uh, anyway, so we now have more 
idea of the inner workings of Twitter and how that whole thing happened. I'm not sure there's anything to come out of this story other than proving what most of us already knew and the rest of the country thinks it's okay. So, Yeah, we have not discussed this at all prior to the show, friends, uh, but Jack and I apparently have come to exactly the same conclusion. It was precisely what we suggested it was. A bunch of, well, a, a company that's almost entirely run by people with sympathies to the Democrats and the left uh, were uh, biased referees, essentially. They saw a story that they had the barest excuse for quashing, so they quashed it. Right, because they wanted Donald Trump not to be elected president. And so right. if you're uh, if you're on the Trump side of things, you think it's awful that the culture of free speech, not the law of free speech, settle down, lawyers or constitutionalists. But the culture of free speech for our media was violated, is annoying. But for the rest of the country who uh, wanted Trump to lose it, yeah, that's fine with me, whatever it took. So Yeah. Well, and then uh, on our side of the aisle, yeah, the media is wildly biased. I know. Yeah, exactly. They they pretend. The only thing that galls me, and it doesn't gall me much anymore just because I'm used to it, is that they still pretend grandly. They dress up in the robes of the objective and honorable journalist, even as they jam both thumbs on the scale, never mind one. Uh, that's the only thing that annoys me. Well, I also find it somewhat hilarious, but nobody seems to get the uh, get the um, irony of it or the way Elon is being attacked by everyone on the left as having ruined Twitter. Turned it into a cesspool of white nationalism and racism. Him exposing how they were so one-sided. You don't you don't see any irony here, or like it, it's it outrageous. Hurt. It's obscene. Hurts. He's a, he's a right and a white nationalist. Doesn't hurt your narrative to a certain extent that he's ruining Twitter and 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 uh, and being biased toward Republicans and on the side of Trump or something like that, which he's not. Um, when he's exposed to the fact that Twitter was incredibly biased, right. Right. Before, well, I think I think we're down to the lowest common denominator now. I think we've we've gotten to the bottom. We've we've broken it down chemically and and logically to its base fact, its base principle, which is nobody makes arguments anymore. Nobody trades ideas or reports honestly anymore. It's just tribal grunting. Yeah, and so um, all those uh, both the he, uh, Elon Musk is turning Twitter into a cesspool of misinformation, blah blah blah, and uh, Matt Taibbi is a slave to the Trumps or whatever. That's just tribal grunting. It's idiotic. There's no argument there. It will forever be amazing that you had a story like this drop shortly before a presidential election. And almost the entirety of the free press decided to squash it. Yeah. Well, and what's really frustrating is the lack of accountability. And, and like those, what, what was it, 35, 55, whatever, former and current uh, intelligence professionals, our brave leaders who came out in a public letter, which was also unprecedented, and said, this bears all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. And none of them, except for, like, uh, Brett Baer had one of those geeks on his show on Special Report and grilled him about it a little bit, but none of those people has ever called uh, to account for that, is held accountable. 
New York Times has no interest in grilling Michael Hayden or, or Brennan or Clapper the liar. Right. So they just get away with it. And I understand how that frustrates people. But, you know, it is what we thought it was. And uh, now we just have the internal memos. Uh, let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Monday, December 5th, year 2022. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then, officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, a new uh, exciting week. This is fabulous. Let's get going at Mark. Questions are being raised about Vladimir Putin's health after he fell down the stairs at his home and soiled himself. <laughs> Questions like, is there a video? <laughs> I saw the uh, headlines of that story. I, 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 I assume there's no verification or pictures or video or anything like that. I missed that story. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that seems like an odd thing for the uh, rather not liberal Russian media apparatus to put out. Yeah, I think it's the sort of thing that comes out when, uh, you know, there's uh, Hitler did not actually have one testy, one ball. But uh, the people who hated Hitler came up with a funny song that kind of rhymed in German about uh, Hitler only having one ball. I think it's that sort of thing about Putin. They're just putting out funny stories about he fell down the stairs and pooped his pants. You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) It rhymes in Ukraine. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Uh, How does mailbag look? Oh, it's quite good, really. Strong start for the week. Awesome. We will get to that in a bunch of the news of the day. Hopefully you weren't paying attention. We'll catch you up on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFDC. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's up with you? Busy time of the year, man. Oh, yeah. 
Everywhere yeah. I went, as I'd, I'd drop somebody off at the airport, I was out to a restaurant, I had to go by the mall for some reason. So everywhere's cra- crazy and crowded this time of year. Crazy and crowded. I had significant social gatherings Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Too much. I'm already tired. That's Too much m- holiday. That's more than I've had. Cumulative in a dozen years, I would say. That hmm. sort of thing. Yes, yes. A quick stop-by turned into a... How long were we there last night? Three-plus-hour food and drink authority-a-thon. <laughs> oh, man. That's fun, though. Nice folks. I've already made my uh, my New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. That is. Why not? What, am I a slave to the calendar? Am I a druid over here? Am I, like, uh, I don't know. Now, if you actually want to change something in your life, you should do it today, not wait for New Year's Eve or Christmas or your birthday or whatever. Are you going to tell us what it is, or is that a... Yeah, I'm rambling too much, though. We need to get into the freedom-loving quote of the day. More on that later. It's completely uninteresting, by the way. Do not stay tuned for that revelation. I'd rather, rather, you know, not defraud you and bore you. (laughs) Here's your uh, freedom-loving quote sent along by Jeff. Uh, It's uh, a Truman. President Truman said this. Harry S. Truman of Joplin, Mississippi. Missouri, rather. Sorry, Missouri. Uh, Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. Yeah, well, that's the most interesting aspect of this whole Twitter Elon Musk thing, and that's that's the only thing that I think is really worth pursuing. If Twitter decided not to allow the Hunter Biden story to see air. That's one thing. Uh, if the FBI was pushing him really, really hard for it, that's that's a really big deal. Yes. And it agreed. seems that Absolutely. may be the case. Absolutely. The government cannot suppress free speech. But can they farm it out? Can they pay, cajole, or threaten other people to do it? Hmm? Mailbag. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Frequent correspondent JT writes, The person of the year has to be Elon Musk. It's time for the year-end awards, including the ridiculous person of the year, but it has to be Elon, right? Aside from his ongoing technical uh, contributions, Tesla, SpaceX, etc., his acquisition of Twitter puts him over the top. But with his recently published insider proof of the collusion between Twitter and the Democratic Party, that makes Musk the most significant person of the year. More than Putin, more than Biden, more than Zelensky. Okay. Fair enough. He's our person of the year. It's designer. Mm, boy, I think it'd be hard to push uh, Vladimir Zelensky out of man of the year for. Uh... But the Elon's a good. The, the thing with Elon, though, is if you follow the news much, he is getting more solidly and solidly into the, the Trump category of just it's clear that he's evil. There's no point yeah. in even describing it anymore, which is bizarre. It is bizarre. It's inexplicable. Yeah. Well, it's it's tribal grunting, as I said earlier. Yeah, I mean your your person of the year having the most effect has got to be Putin. But anyway, moving along. I don't care. <laughs> Guys, I've seen you sure you've seen the story and uh, quoting Trump in which he called for the termination of the constitution to redo the 2020 election. Ah. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about that. We could read his tweet or truth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paolo says, of course, uh, it could just be he's become unhinged because he's losing the influences that might mitigate his excesses. 
uh, mentions Ivanka. An ever-growing number of former supporters desert him. Uh, he uh, seems to be surrounded only by those who believe their careers depend on their unconditional fidelity. That makes it hard to get honest, objective feedback. Well, I'd you know, say that's part of the problem. The more I think about it, yeah, we, we absolutely should read that. We'll do that at 47 of this hour. Uh, we'll do that uh, later because it's it's worth discussing because he is a former president. He is a candidate and he's still the most likely person to win the nomination for one of the two parties. So there you go. Stop threatening me. Uh, segment four of this hour. Indeed, we will we'll address that. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is from uh, we'll say Al Anonymous. Our local school disallows anyone with flu like symptoms until 72 hours after their symptoms pass. So we keep our kids home as required. Now, because my son has missed two weeks of school this year, I have to attend a mandatory truancy counseling or get referred to CPS, Child Protective Services. I love me some bureaucracy. Well, I don't know if I admire you or not, but uh, I will tell you this. Nobody but you following those rules. (laughs) Nobody else is following those rules or your kids would be home all the time. Yeah, everybody lies now. Yeah. There's pretty pretty much no other way to fashion your life if you're going to follow those rules. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, much on the way. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we've gone from, it was inflation temporary, which was last mm-hmm. year's discussion, to it's real. Now the question is, how long would we have to hold rates at this level to get inflation down without hopefully hurting the economy? And that's the debate we're going through right now. But you're seeing the signs in terms of job openings declining a little bit. You're seeing the signs of turnover slowing down in companies. And while those may not be good signs for the individual involved, it's actually good signs for the economy in terms of it starting to get into a better situation that it can grow a more normalized rate. What's that? That's Brian Moynihan. He's the CEO of Bank of America explaining how every time some bad economic number comes out, we should say good. 
because that means maybe we can stop clamping down on inflation soon. Yeah. <laughs> so root we, for bad things to happen. Well, we've talked about that. The, the whole point of raising interest rates is to make us miserable enough that we stop spending. Yeah, essentially. To choke off inflation. So, yeah, I, okay, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, and it's funny. I like the cut of this guy's jib just because he is utterly straightforward and not worried about bruising anybody's sensibilities, which you'll hear in a couple of clips. But let's roll on uh, more on the economy, which is really the one issue everybody can agree is important. Michael, next. All the guests you had on this morning talked about parades of horribles, the Russia-Ukraine situation, <laughs> what's going on in China. Those things all would change the basic outlook. But if they just stay, right now it's kind of play, they stay sort of status quo ante. It doesn't solve, but it doesn't get worse. Right. Oil prices stay around $100 a barrel, more or less. They were there for five years between 2010 and 2015. So now that kills the economy its own. But all those things going in a very wrong direction, you'd see a massive change in the economic activity. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are trying to hamstring. Okay, so we don't want World War III nor China invading Taiwan and Japan, uh, etc. That's fine. Uh, He predicts a shallow recession and a recovery later. Um, uh, Rates uh, staying higher due to the stimmy cash. We'll skip that one. Give us 53, Michael. Now, where does that cash come from? The government gave right. out a lot of stimulus. The problem is the government's running high deficits, and that's why when you talk earlier about debt ceilings, those are important things to not have create problems in the economy. And I think all that's business one of people, your worries for, yeah, for 2023. All, all business people don't like surprises, and we'd like to make sure that we got through a normal budget process and a normal you know debt ceiling process. And, but you're not confident about that. Well, I've, because this, I've been CEO for 13 years now, and I've had some interesting times on this, but generally it works out, and I have yeah. confidence that people come to the table there'll be a lot of discussion you talked about with some of your guests but ultimately it has to get there because ultimately we have to run this great country because it's got 300 million people that the world depend on all right calling for normal government uh which is fine uh i thought that clip was something different that was meh uh but this is the one in which he makes clear that yes misery your misery is the goal the question is, it's just a change where people lose their jobs, and that's a horrible thing to contemplate. And that's what they're worried about. The compounding effect of the worry about having a job versus actually losing your job changes consumer behavior, and you're seeing that go on a little bit right now. And that's the Fed has to create that sort of nervousness to help tip the inflation back down. Wage growth is strong, which is a good thing, but also strong means they have to right. slow it down to match the, otherwise we're going to have a wage inflation spiral. So all that, all that comes together. So the goal of the Fed is to make you afraid you're going to lose your job. <laughs> so you spend less. Yeah, well, yeah, that's 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 accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um it's funny it's not discussed more openly. We we have talked about it here, but it's not it's not discussed more openly whenever they talk about the Fed raising interest rates. The point is to make it so painful that you get scared about your job, about your house, about all kinds of different things. And, and tighten things down enough that you kill off inflation. Yeah. At the same time, I went to the annual meeting of an organization that I'm part of in my personal life, and uh, they were going over the financial numbers and the, the strain of hiring people and paying them right now is just, uh, I hate to use cliches, but it's a black swan. It's a once in 50 years phenomenon. The payroll has skyrocketed. And they're still way short of staff. And so what's going on with that? A question we've asked many times. Where are those people? They had jobs before. Uh, it's people that have decided not to work. An un 
commented on, reported on segment of society that didn't used to exist. Yeah. Couldn't exist. Yeah. Are they working for cash or selling pot or what? How are they feeding themselves? Yeah, I know. Government benefits, but... Combination of government benefits, living with mom and dad, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I do buy, I don't know to what extent or how many people this this answers for or describes, but I do buy in some professions like, you know, uh, hospitality, uh, waiters and waitresses and busboys and hotel clerks and, and stuff, that when a lot of that stuff shut down during the pandemic, much of it unnecessary, never forget, um, I get that a certain number of people thought, you know, that job sucked. And I don't want to go back to it. I'm going to find something else to do. So it could be that those sectors in particular suffered post-pandemic. Um, but that doesn't come close to explaining all of it. Well, of course not. No. The, the mind-bogglingly low unemployment rates. I mean, it's just crazy how low the rates are. 3.7%, yes, nationally. It's about yeah. as uh, low as is absolutely possible. And I regularly come across people, God bless them, that are now employed. It's hard to imagine how you make it through the day, but you're now working at this job. So you're saying people whose capabilities are low. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, I'm happy they're employed. Sure. Nobody chooses to be, you know, incapable. Yeah, exactly. Trying to be charitable here. Yeah. Yeah. It's the season of giving. (laughs) Can you tell me, a non-soccer fan, what happened with the World Cup over the weekend? Because I didn't pay any attention. Uh, The the U.S. lost to the Netherlands. The U.S. is out. Three to one. We're out, yeah. Okay. We're into the the sweet 16 in the World Cup is you lose, you go home. Uh Uh-huh. So now we're down to the, I can't remember, quarterfinals or something like that. But the USA is out. That's the only thing. Yeah, we are out, but our talented young team will be working hard and getting ready for the next World Cup, which is in four years. The USA had the youngest team in the tournament. So I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that either. Well, I heard it over the weekend. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. And uh, does uh, do, do I need to continue to care or pretend like I care? Or is it uh, the, the excitement of the World Cup over now that the USA is out? I have a friend who was born and raised in Brazil who is really into football. That doesn't surprise me. I was and not was, born and raised in Brazil. He was. <laughs> but you've embraced their wax, which I think shows your international savoir faire or something. Anyway, this friend of mine was explaining to me with, uh, with a fire in his eyes how great the Argentina-Netherlands game is going to be because they have such completely different styles of play. There you go. So, uh, kicking the ball back and forth till you get close to the goal, I thought was the style of play. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm actually thinking I'm going to watch the game with him. All right. So he can explain the finer points to me, and I'm kind of excited. Well, that might be fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's always super into it, crazy into it. I was kind of hoping for one more win out of the U.S. team for uh, everybody to kind of focus on something non oh, yeah. Elon or Trump or awful in many different ways. Just. Well, something unifying would have been nice, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of Trump, as long as you brought him up, uh, for quite some time during this turbulent era, when people on the left would say, you know, Trump uh, he wants to be the new Hitler, he wants to overturn the Constitution, I would mock them for their hysteria. Uh, Trump just called for the overturning of the Constitution, so that's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, he put out one of his truths over the weekend. 
fairly long and detailed, and it stands out even among Trump tweets over the years. And we can read that for you and, dis- and discuss coming up. What's the expression the kids use, bat-s crazy? I don't know. I feel like nothing can move the needle in my brain anymore. My, my needle might be stuck in terms of being shocked or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and and just the the topic in general is so tired to me. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Um, I I generally uh, hit the dial if my TV show I'm watching starts into Trump conversations of any kind. But uh, we should read this to you when we come back, and we can discuss a little bit. You should uh, be aware of it, among other things that are on the way. Pretty strong argument from Andy McCarthy of National Review in the New York Post today on why this whole Elon Matt Taibbi revelation of the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story is a big deal. Should be a okay. big deal. So maybe we'll get to that at some point. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. An Apple factory in China is expected to cut production of iPhones by 6 million in response to ongoing worker protests. The workers' main demand is more playtime. I'm shocked too, guys. I'm so shocked. Yeah, um, funny. But when does Apple finally have to get out of China? I don't know. It's just, it's inevitable. They're working on it pretty hard, from what I understand. I have the information on that. Okay, I want to hear it. But then what's, if, if, if the iPhone, if the be- best iPhone is $1,400 now, what's it going to cost when you move it somewhere where you have to, you know, 
Hire adults and pay them a living wage. (laughs) (laughs) What is the iPhone going to cost then? I threw my phone on the bed yesterday. I kind of tossed it on the bed. It took several weird bounces. I mean, I threw it to the middle of the bed. Should be pretty Mm. safe. Took several weird bounces and ended up on the floor hard. And uh, I thought I got to quit casually tossing around a $1,400 computer. (laughs) Hard to imagine anybody doing that with a laptop. Right, exactly. Anywho. So Donald Trump is on Twitter but doesn't tweet. He is still trying to pump up his own version of Twitter that he calls Truth or something. Anyway, he truth tr- social. Yeah. He truthed out he truthed out a truth yesterday, and this was uh based on the bombshell reporting that came out Friday from Matt Taibbi at the behest of Elon Musk and Twitter that makes it clear quoting people that were working at Twitter at the time and involved in the decisions that they did uh, squash the Hunter Biden laptop story. On very thin and murky pretexts. Well, basically just because they were afraid it would damage Joe Biden and they wanted Trump to lose. That's why they did it. Well, I mean, that's that's the real reason they did it. But anyway, um, and we got more on that coming up an hour, too. But this is Donald Trump's truth based on that story that came out over the weekend. So, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception, a lot of this is in all caps, but you know know how that works. In working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democratic Party, do you throw the presidential election results in 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. You know, I saw that over the weekend, and I read it, and and it 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 didn't like uh, have any effect on me physically, because I'm so used to Trump saying things over the last half dozen years. But every once in a while, it's you know I'm I'm able to back away and try to picture George W. Bush tweeting something like this, or <laughs> Barack Obama, or anybody else. And you would think, I mean, it would have stopped time if, if any other, you know, Jimmy Carter, any other former president had had made this sort of statement about the previous election in which they uh, which they were involved. But uh, and and you know, and I I feel like a certain amount of the uh, the media in the country does go a little bit ho hum when uh, Trump says things like, "We need to ignore the Constitution and have a new election, or just declare me the winner." That'd be an interesting thing, wouldn't it? That'd be a heck of a uh, an outlying event for the United States of America over our history to little, just declare him the winner at this point. A little third worldy for my tastes. A little banana republicy. Uh, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. You know, I can't even summon up the will to explain why that's so bat poop crazy. It it's number one. It is <laughs> number two. It is. I just I'm done. I don't know. I have reached my moment of exhaustion with Trump and his his whole act. Twitter, uh, New York Times, the Alphabet Networks, utterly dishonest, utterly dishonest and biased. The idea that therefore we uh, terminate all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, is it's almost funny. It's so 
bizarre and 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 moronic to say. Well, I don't take it seriously, so it didn't really have much of an effect on me. Should I be taking it seriously? Well, the and what argument, would that even mean? Well, the argument sounds like this: you know, he leads some Republican polls and is the most likely nominee. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. True, that is true. That is true, and, and it is it is unquestionably shocking that a leading contender for a presidential nomination should be calling for the suspension of the Constitution. Um, I, to me, uh, fighting through my exhaustion to make one more comment. If that doesn't end it, well, then good luck, America. Good luck. If that doesn't end the whole Trump thing, not the policies, just just the man, then I don't know what to make of this country anymore. Yeah, I, I guess I operate on the assumption he's not going to be the nominee, so I don't think it makes much difference. I yeah, guess that's I do too, why. but I've been wrong so much about his uh, surviving this, that, and the other. Yeah, how about this angle? Um, I hadn't thought about this until I heard another pundit bring it up. Ron DeSantis, who is the most likely man to take over the mantle as leader of the Republican Party, I think. Um, you know, in in what what's what would you call the word? Uh, not officially, but uh, in 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 essence. Yeah, he would be yeah. the leader of the Republican Party. I think he, I think he already is actually. Um, uh, is not responding to any of the things Trump says. Trump has taken shots at him, said a whole bunch of different things about him, about other things, and and Ron DeSantis is staying quiet. Which, when it was pointed out, I thought that seems like a good idea. You know, why engage him? But uh, one of my favorite pundits said that was uh, Ted Cruz and a, a number of other people's theory. Back in 2016, you just let him say this stuff, and you just uh, just let the world judge. Okay, he just said John McCain, and what he said about John McCain, just leave it alone. Let him, you know, when there's an old saying about when your opponent is struggling, just, you know, just let him struggle. Let him continue to dig the hole. But it didn't work. Mm-hmm. It didn't work no. to just to, to not engage. Well, I would respond that this is a very different time. Uh, because Trump was exciting, entertaining, pugilistic, the rest of it. And every candidate is, to a large extent, an empty vessel. You fill them with the hopes you have for them. Now, whether they agree with you or could deliver on those hopes or whatever, it doesn't matter. Candidates try to cultivate a feeling of, yes, they do believe what I believe, and we'll we'll do something about it. Trump doesn't have a, 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 an ounce of his vessel empty at this point. You know what I mean? But do you Everybody think he, knows what we're going to get. But do you think it would be to Ron DeSantis an advantage to either respond to Trump when he's personally attacked or to respond to something like this and say, what Donald Trump said would destroy our country. What we need to do is win the next election and look forward. You know, that sort of thing. Should he respond to these things or just let them lie? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with the one piece of analysis I read that, that said um, the story right now is about what Trump said. Or uh, having dinner with Kanye and the the, the, the neo-Nazi idiot. Um, <laughs> if DeSantis weighs in and comments on it, it becomes DeSantis versus Trump. And that doesn't serve DeSantis. DeSantis can, uh, as another writer put it, uh, just, just remain silent while Trump repeatedly punches himself in the face. <laughs> 
So no, I think I think he's absolutely doing the right thing to to give non-answers. I saw a press conference where a reporter essentially asked him to wade in. He said uh, he gave the standard we're working hard uh, for the people of Florida. Right. We we won a giant landslide where Republicans around the country were very disappointed. And, you know, that was an unspoken, yeah, look what Trump's leadership got you. Um, so he's he's very careful not to make the headline. Interesting. So we'll bring you up to speed on the whole Twitter, Elon Musk, Hunter Biden laptop story, where that is now after some huge reporting over the weekend. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.